Well, today we're going to go to Luke chapter 19. So if you want to be ahead, we're going to Luke chapter 19. You can look it up on your Bible, your phone, and we'll go to the verse in just a moment. But here's what I realized, is that you could be going around your day, day to day, happy, content, perfect, and then God sets you up to be a blessing to someone. Ever had that? You're just, you're just going about your normal everyday life, normal everyday job. Maybe you're in work, maybe you're in the car, and then just something happens, and then you go, oh, Lord, you want me to be a blessing to this person? You want me to step out of my comfort zone and, and care for this person or love this person or help this person? And he goes, yes, because that's what I would do. I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, me and Andrew and one of the guys were watching the rugby on Friday night. Uh, Andrew started to tell us a story that I'd heard before. Andrew, if you're not aware, he's a bit of a sheep farmer. Uh, we'll get you a picture later. We should have had a picture on the screen because he's not. he was in the first service, not this one. But Andrew was telling me about a time when he was out in Australia. And Andrew's one of these guys where you could go, oh, well, it's good for him, but what about me? Well, let me tell you a quick story. So Andrew was on the way to fix the fence because he didn't want his sheep to break out. And he's in the middle of Australia, wherever that was, big, big country. And he's just driving along. And then he comes to the gate, comes through the gate, and he notices a guy standing at the gate. And he jumps out, and he says, hey, mate, do you believe in Jesus? Uh, he had a bit of a wrestle with God before that because God was like, do it. And he was like, no, I don't want to. But he did it anyway. Great lesson in that. Do it anyway. Be a blessing to someone. So he jumps out, and he says, hey, mate, do you believe in Jesus? And the guy goes, no, I don't believe in Jesus. I'm a Muslim. And so I don't follow Jesus. I follow Muhammad. And he says, well, uh, can I just give you one more thing? He goes, sure, I'll give me one more thing. He says, well, Jesus loves you. And he jumped in his Jeep and away on he went. Well, anyway, he went on to his job, went on for 20, 30 minutes an hour, whatever it took to fix that fence. And then he came back. And as he came back, who was waiting at the gate but the guy from before? And he says, can I talk to you? He says, yes, you can talk to me. I just thought he'd maybe never see this guy again. Jumps out of the Jeep, talks to him. Talks to him for the next two hours. By the end of the two hours, the guy goes, I could not get that Jesus loves me out of my head. Not the song, but just the words. He said, I thought about it for that whole time you were away, and I knew if you ever came back, I had to talk to you. And Andrew's going, I didn't even want to tell you. <laughs> not because he didn't want to tell him, because he was just like busy. I've got other things to do. I've got, you know, I've got a busy life going on here. Or I'm just nervous, scared, and afraid, which I can be sometimes as well. And he jumps out, talks to them, shares Jesus, and they spend the next two hours. By the end of that two hours, he gives his life to Jesus. How good is that? Because one person dared to step out and say, Jesus loves you. Nobody saw it coming. That guy didn't see it coming. And we're going to the story of Zacchaeus today. And I'm going to tell you this. At the end of the story, Zacchaeus is coming to Jesus. But at the beginning of that day, nobody saw it coming. And today as we think about outreach and today as we think about our family and friends, you're already going, well, I know she's not interested. He probably won't. I've tried them a million billion times. Uh, I wouldn't even risk telling them. They wouldn't understand. We, we build so many excuses or we have so many original ideas and God, I think, wants to challenge some of those today and go, if Zacchaeus can get saved, if you could get saved, if Paul on the road to Damascus could get saved, then anybody can come to Jesus. We're going to read Luke chapter 19. Please, if you've got your Bibles, let's look it up together. Mark it. Maybe you'll read it again this week. You may have your paper Bible. You might have a phone Bible. Whatever you've got, do it or take a photo of the screen. But Reese, give me Luke chapter 19, verse 1. We're going to read it together. Here's what it says. 
Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Remember this for later on. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. What a, what a fun story. This is the case. He's trying to find Jesus. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Come down immediately. I must go at once to your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. People didn't like this. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Wow. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody said, would have been jumping around that morning going, Zacchaeus is going to get saved. Zacchaeus is going to meet Jesus. Zacchaeus is going to give his life to Jesus. Nobody. Zacchaeus was a greedy, short, wealthy man. I mean, I, is there anything worse? I don't know. But he was supposed to know better, but he found himself taking money from, the peop, from his very own people. And the first thing I want you to think about this morning or this afternoon as we're talking about this is Zacchaeus was messed up. And yet Jesus was able to transform his life. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, well, I think my life's a bit of a mess. Well, Jesus is able to do it. Or maybe your life was a bit of a mess. Well, then you know you can testify of what the Lord has done in your life. And then maybe, just maybe, you are a believer in Jesus and you are a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus, but you still feel a bit of a mess some days. Well, then you still need Jesus. Now, here's the interesting thing about Zacchaeus. Have you ever looked up the meaning of Zacchaeus' name? It means pure and innocent. Wow, couldn't be farther from the truth. But when he met Jesus, what happened? He became who he always should have been. Wow. So it didn't matter who he was. It matters so much more of who he was becoming once he met Jesus. His name meant pure and innocent. But he wasn't living a life of pure and innocence. Why? Because of sin and because of greed and because of self at once and because of self-desires and because of corruption and because of just everything else that was going on in his life. In fact, he was a guy who should have known the Mosaic law. He came from a Jewish background, but all that he was interested in was himself. In fact, he was so interested in himself, he was working for the enemy, which was the Romans, to get money from himself to take it off his own people. This is a messed up guy. This is a messed up guy. And yet, what does the Bible say? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So maybe we're all a tiny bit messed up. Or maybe we've all been a tiny bit messed up, and Jesus has saved us. Or maybe, for the, but for the grace of God, we'd still be a tiny bit messed up. And every day, if we were truthful, we'd go, I'm still a bit of a mess. But thank goodness the Lord loves me, and he holds me together. He holds you in the palm of his hand. You see, Zacchaeus was living one way. Jesus turned his life around, so he lived a totally different way. And that could be the same for you today. You're going, okay, I'm living this way, but I really should be going a different way. I'm living with Jesus, or I'm living without him. I'm going my way, or I'm going his way. Zacchaeus was going his way, but this day he meets Jesus. Point number two is this. Zacchaeus had the wrong job, too much money, and you heard it already. He was vertically challenged. He was not tall enough. He was short. But guess what? 
he had a desire inside of his heart to see Jesus. This is crazy. Why would Zacchaeus, who's got everything he wants, takes money from whoever he wants, he's being supplied by the Romans, supplied by his own people, he's living the life it would seem, and yet inside he goes, I'd really like to see Jesus. Who could have seen that one coming? Nobody. Who would have thought that Zacchaeus one had any desire to see Jesus? Is Zacchaeus not the guy who takes money away? Is Zacchaeus not the guy who's denying a savior? Is Zacchaeus not the guy who walked away from his faith to follow in his own life and to live his own ways and now he just takes what he wants from people and keeps it for himself? Why would Zacchaeus want Jesus? I mean, here's what I'll say. How many people have we written off because we've assumed, well, they wouldn't want Jesus? Because I would imagine everybody that Zacchaeus interacted with would have all admitted that morning, well, if Jesus comes, the last person who'll ever want to meet him is Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus wanted to meet Jesus. He had a desire in his heart to meet Jesus. And could we even say today that I believe that everybody has something inside of them that wants to desire to meet Jesus? Because what does the Word say? The Word says that the Lord has set eternity in every man and woman's heart. He has set eternal things into each and every one of us. There's a yearning inside of us. It's why we go here, there, and everywhere to try and fill it and find it and supply it. Because we think if we could just get it, it would be it. But Jesus is the only one that's it. Jesus is the only one that counts. And so Zacchaeus that day realized, I have a load of things. I have it my way. I've abandoned my faith. I've abandoned everything. But there's something inside of me says, I want to meet Jesus. Verse 3 said, he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see him. Now, we were at, uh, me and Josh were there at Theotherapy yesterday. Uh, Dean and Nikki are way more advanced in the levels. It's like a counseling service. It's like talking therapy. It's really good. If you need help to break through, if you need help to grow, or if you need help to get around something or get over something or get through something, then it's a really great tool. You can see them if you want to know more. But here's what, a story that Julia shared with us yesterday, and it's in line with don't write people off too soon. She said that uh, a few years ago, some psychology students come over from America uh, and they asked to hang out with her. And she was going, wow, why do they want to hang out with me? Because you know that I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to have some fun with them. And so that day, these psychology students, they come and they spend some time with Julia. And Julia just says, okay, what are we going to talk about? And they're like, well, what do you say? Now, Julia is always going to talk faith. But after a while, she realized these guys a large part, portion of them don't believe in Jesus. But the only thing I ever talk about is Jesus, so I'm going to talk on anyway. So she talks about Jesus. And near the end, of it, one of the guys come around, and he says, well, I, I do have a problem, uh, and I have a problem I don't know how to get around. And she goes, okay, well, what does everybody do with their problems? Because you're the guys who are going to help. And they said, well, you know, I'm going to probably offset it here, or I'm going to put it in a box there, or I'm going to do this. In other words, they had loads of different measures to deal with their problems, but they weren't sure how to get rid of their problems or solve their problems. It just wasn't a thing. And so she turned around and says, well, okay, tell me what your problem is. She asked one of the guys, and he says, well, my problem is I have a problem with my dad. And I don't really like him, and I don't know if he likes me, but I don't like him. And so I'm just like, oh, you know. She goes, wow, okay. And he couldn't stop talking, but at the end of it, he said, I hate my dad. <laughs> she was like, whoa, that's a serious problem. What are you going to do with that? He goes, well, I don't know. <laughs> he goes, I'll maybe just put it away. And she goes, but that's great, but here's the problem. What happens if you put it away and then you counsel someone who's got a dad issue? Because there's a good chance you'll counsel some people that have problems with their dad. He goes, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> he goes, maybe I shouldn't do what I'm doing. She goes, I think that's a good idea. And in that moment, you've got this, this counselor, this therapist that's just about to go, and he realizes, oh, I haven't dealt with my problems. I haven't dealt with my issues. And she goes, hey, would you like to deal with that? He goes, yeah, but I don't know how. And she goes, well, 
you have to forgive. And he goes, yeah, but I tried to forgive, but I can't. She goes, I know that. She goes, but I know someone who could help you forgive. And she tells him about Jesus. And right there and then, he gives his life to Jesus. He forgives his dad, gets his sins forgiven, and he gives his life to Jesus. This is a guy who's, I guess, into theory and information and university and and all the the things that come. Uh, Is he really a guy that's into, into faith and into God? No. But in that moment, he got confronted with a problem that he could not solve. And he realizes, I need to find a solution I never even thought of. And Julie in that moment says, what about faith? What about God? And his life gets totally turned around. You see, how quick is it uh, are we to write people off and go, well, he'll not be interested. He's a doctor. She's a nurse. He's this. He's that. Science. Well, uh, no, everybody needs Jesus, especially when you start to recognize what your problem is. And then you go, okay, I've tried everything else. I wonder could he help. And that day he could. You see, for Zacchaeus, nobody else could see it. But inside Zacchaeus, he wanted something. Inside Zacchaeus, he wanted something. You see, maybe he operated his life in fear, but he realized that to live in fear is no fun. I want to live in love. And I want to encourage you, if you put your trust in Jesus, then you're a person that has stepped away from fear. And now you're rooted and established in love, is what Paul says in Ephesians. So we are people of love, and we get to bring love, and we get to minister love everywhere we find it. But have you noticed that sometimes we turn that love off? Have you noticed that we go, oh, well, they wouldn't be interested. So we'll not bother sharing the greatest news in the world, which is actually a message of love. And why do we turn it off? Maybe because of a tiny bit of fear, or maybe because we've judged too quickly, or maybe because we don't understand. I want to take us to the story and I want us to remind us, don't write anybody off. Zacchaeus is not the type of guy who comes to Jesus, but he went looking for him. How about it on that day? He'd never thought it before. And we mentioned about his height, and this is what I love about Zacchaeus. You see, it's interesting that Zacchaeus probably recognized that he was short, probably was a tiny bit embarrassed about it, but notice what he did that day. It said that he climbed a tree. Now, if you're a short person, you climb a tree to see that everybody else can see on the floor, well, then that's embarrassing. But Zacchaeus said that day, I don't care about being embarrassed. I've got to see Jesus. Can you see the desire of his heart? There was more going on in Zacchaeus than anybody knew or anybody could understand. And here's what I love. Zacchaeus took a step, but Jesus spoke his name. Verse 5, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. You see, the incredible thing about Jesus is you take one half step towards him, and he sees you, and he calls you by name. We don't, re- we don't read that many times in the New Testament of Jesus calling people by name like that. He would know people's name and he might reference it, but to call somebody's name like that, this was a significant moment. Zacchaeus was the type of person everybody knew, but nobody wanted to know. Zacchaeus was the type of person you would run away. Do you ever have those moments where someone's coming to the house and you see them coming and you quickly hide and go, pretend like we're not here. Pretend like we're not here. This is who Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus was the kind of guy where you would quickly hide in the bedroom hoping that the people wouldn't see that you're in. Zacchaeus was the type of people where you would quickly lock their front door and hope that if they tried it, they'd realize, oh, they're not in. They mustn't be there. Zacchaeus was the guy who you did not want to meet. Could you imagine what's going on in people's head when Zacchaeus climbs a tree and they notice it for a moment and then Jesus notices them? He says, oh, Zacchaeus. (laughs) He notices them. He speaks to them. He says, Zacchaeus, I want to hang out with you. This is Jesus. This is the Jesus that we serve, that nobody is off limits, that no one is too far gone, that no one's too full of shame or embarrassment or has done too much that I won't go and spend time with. Come on, imagine this just for a moment. This is Zacchaeus. 
No one, can, no one wants to hang out with him. Everybody despises him. Everybody runs away from him. Everybody looks in disgust at him. Everybody's ashamed of him because he's turned his back on his people. And here's Jesus, the Messiah, and he wants to go to his house and he's called him by name and he wants to go and spend time with them. This is crazy. This is crazy. But Zacchaeus on that day really wanted to meet Jesus. And the minute that Jesus saw it, he says, okay, I want to get, I want to get talking to you. Number three, don't get stuck in the problem. Have you ever noticed that we can find ourselves first noticing people's problems instead of noticing that they're a person? I've noticed this. I've seen this. I've seen this in my life. I went, Lord, what? They're a person. But what did Jesus do? He saw Zacchaeus. He knew his problem. Of course he did. He knew his problem. But what did he say? Zacchaeus. He called him by name. He didn't call him the tax collector. Notice how the Bible says he was a tax collector. The writer wrote it down, looked it. But Jesus calls him Zacchaeus. He's Zacchaeus to me. He's Zacchaeus. He's my, I want him to be my son. I want him to come to the kingdom of God. I want him to get saved. He's Zacchaeus. And what Jesus did over and over and over again through the New Testament was he would see the person and then he'd see the problem. Or he wasn't oblivious. He would see the, he would see the problem, but the person who is who he was really after. And I want to say to you that, of course, we can see the problems. Sometimes it's very easy to see the problems in other people. We struggle with ourselves. But Jesus saw and used Zacchaeus' problem, but he said, that's not the problem. What Zacchaeus is really looking for is to be seen. What Zacchaeus is really looking for is love. What Zacchaeus is really looking for is that I would see him and know him, and I would mention his name. See, there's something unbelievable when Jesus sees you and notices you. There's something transformative, even in the natural, when someone would turn around and say, oh, hey, I've heard about you, and they speak your name. And instead of talking about your problem, they talk it to you because they realize that you're a precious person. And why did Jesus come? Not because of the problems. Jesus came because of the people. But the people had a problem, so he died in our place so that we could become his people. Come on, Jesus came because we had a problem, but he came because of his people. For God so loved his people. For God so loves the kiss. For God so loved you, loved you, that he died in your place. And so my challenge is this. When we see people, do we see them with their problems and their faults, or do we see them as precious? Do we see them as Jesus would see? Because that day, Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Everybody had seen Zacchaeus. Everybody knew Zacchaeus. But for some reason, when Jesus saw him, everything changed. Point number four, Zacchaeus was no longer short. <laughs> this is what I love. This, this is just a fun thing. But have you noticed all the way through the Bible that when you would see a physical detail, it would always have a double meaning. It would always have a spiritual meaning as well because the Lord loves to make it simple for us. And Zacchaeus was a short guy. It's not by coincidence. The Lord knew what he was doing when he made Zacchaeus. He knew the story that was going to be lined up in years to come. He knew that the story was getting into the Word of God. He knew it was going to happen. And the Bible makes a direct quote to say that he was a short man. Why is that really that important? You'd say, I don't think it's really that important. But it is when you understand the context. And it is when you realize that he was short in physical and he was short in the spirit. He got everything. He got everything. He had the wealth. He had the notoriety. I'm not sure if he wanted it, but he had it. He was well recognized. He was wealthy. He had all the things. He could buy whatever he wanted. Was there anything that he couldn't get? Absolutely not. But he was short because he couldn't get what he really wanted. He couldn't get what he really wanted. And he didn't know how to get it. But that day when Jesus showed up, everything changed. Zacchaeus went from being short to a giant of faith. Zacchaeus went from a man who hadn't just quite got it to a man who had found what he was looking for. He had found Jesus. He had found him. 
Here's what it says in verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up because he knew what he had found, and he says, Look, Lord, here I now give away half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times. Half? Four times? Here, here's the thing I want you to think about just for a moment, because it can be easy to miss this. But Zacchaeus' whole world revolves around money. Complete money. So much so that nobody wants to know him because he's so greedy for money. So much so that he left his faith behind because he's so obsessed with money. What did the Lord say? That it's so hard for a rich man to come. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. But something begins to stir. The Lord begins to stir his case, his heart. And nobody saw it coming, but Jesus knew and when he went to Jericho that day, he knew who he was going to meet. Nobody else could see it, but Jesus knew. And in that moment when he meets Jesus, what happens? He gives away the thing that had corrupted him the most, his money. His money. Could you imagine in the natural, without meeting Jesus, how hard it would have been for Zacchaeus to do that? Zacchaeus is the guy who screws you out of money. Zacchaeus is the guy who takes all the money you have. Zacchaeus is the guy who runs you out of your home for your money. There's no way he gives away even one penny of his money or whatever the currency was. He doesn't give away one cent. But the day that he meets Jesus, half my possessions to the poor, four times back anyone that I've cheated. Here's the question that runs through my mind. Did he have any money left and did he even care? Wow. Because he met Jesus. And, and guys, if you know Jesus, then the Lord is calling you each and every day to carry this love, grace, and mercy and to bring it to the broken people around you, whether you've written them off or not. And, and maybe just like Andrew, Jesus loves you. Leave it with them. See what's going to happen next. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's praying for a few weeks. Maybe it's just praying and praying faithfully for years. But something's stern. Something's going to happen because Jesus changes people's life. Zacchaeus was a greedy, grumpy, short man. The day that he met Jesus, he became generous. Wow, what a work of grace. What a supernatural turnaround. His greatest weakness became his greatest strength in a moment the day he met Jesus. His greatest weakness was the thing that was corrupting his whole life, his greed and his thirst for money. And in a moment when he met Jesus, he became the most generous man in the town. Wow, the most generous man in the town because he met Jesus. I cannot believe that even the most, I don't know, God follower, most gracious God follower that morning woke up thinking that Zacchaeus was getting saved. But Jesus did. And I want to put it into your heart. Don't write anybody off. See, this week we're going to go into Armagh and we're going to hope to make a difference. We're going to go on Monday night into the States. We're going to go on Wednesday night into the States. We're going to go Friday night here and people are going to come here. And I want to encourage you that we have an opportunity that if you know Jesus, if you've put your trust in Jesus, then this is what you have. You can bring your life to them. You can tell them about what he has done for you. You can reveal Jesus to them. And you can see someone who was like no chance to believer in Christ. You could see someone who was never coming anywhere near Jesus to now he's generous like Jesus. You could see a person who doesn't even look like him, wouldn't even want to be like him, who's walked away from their faith turn around and suddenly say, I love Jesus, because there's nothing that he can't do. And so, church, maybe you used to be Zacchaeus, and then you met Jesus. You used to be him. Could you imagine, we read at the very start, I'm going to get our worship team to come, but we read at the very start that they were, he was going through Jericho. 
You see, where Jesus was going was Jerusalem. He was a busy guy. You're a busy person. You're a busy girl, I'm sure. But Jesus was on a mission. And verse 10 tells us what his mission was. If you missed it earlier on, it says this, that for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is what Jesus came for. Jesus came to save people. And the Lord is here, and he's reminded you, what's your mission? You see, for him, his mission was to seek and to save the lost. That's why I'm here. This is what I've come to do. And when Jesus came, and when Jesus met Zacchaeus, his life was never the same again. I want to say to you that when Jesus came to you, your life was never the same again. And I want to say to you, and I want to encourage you, that if you would bring Jesus to other people, you might find that their life would never be the same again. But it took a moment of inconvenience or maybe a delay for Zacchaeus to get saved. Now, for the Lord, it was part of his plan. He was looking for Zacchaeus. But for us, have you noticed that maybe your first response is, well, I would love to meet Zacchaeus, but I'm so busy. I would love to meet Zacchaeus, but I don't have any Zacchaeuses in my life. I don't know if you know any Zacchaeuses at all, but let's call him Jimmy. I don't know any Jimmys in my life. I don't know any people in my life like Zacchaeus. Well, that's something you got to change. That's something you got to turn around. But for Jesus, what was he doing? My mission is to seek and to save the lost. My mission is that every day I'm looking for where God is calling me. I'm looking every day for the people that God is reminding me of. I'm looking every day for the people that God would maybe highlight. And this day, his mission was to get to Jerusalem, but he decides to go through Jericho. And if Jesus doesn't go to Jericho, do we even get the story in the Bible? Now, you know that God knows all things, and Jesus is the Son of Man, so he would have done what God called him to do. But I wonder how many stories we've missed out on because we've seen it as too much of an inconvenience to have a quite a bit of a detour or a bit of a delay. Amen? I wonder how many people that we've missed out on. And we can't change that now, but here's what I want to encourage you. You can change today and tomorrow. You can't. You can change today and tomorrow and the next day because Jesus only met the case once and once was enough. You've got a Zacchaeus to meet this week. You've got a person to meet this week. You've got a person to tell about Jesus this week. And it could be busyness that keeps you away. It could be family commitments that keeps you away. It could be just other things that keep you away. But I'm so glad that the Son of Man decided that his mission was to seek and to save the lost. And he was fine with the detour. He was fine of going through Jericho to get to Jerusalem. It would have been easy for him to just go out around the city and go, well, I don't want to get in there because I don't want to be stopped. I, I don't want to get distracted by somebody else. Jesus was looking for distractions. He was looking for opportunities. I want to say to you, what if we started to look for distractions? What if we started to look for opportunities? And I don't mean people are distractions. People are precious. But what if we started to look for these people on our journey and say, I wonder, is God showing me someone? I wonder, is there someone that I need to talk to today? I wonder, is there somebody going to come in my path that I need to share the love and the grace of Jesus with? Can we stand together? We're going to pray in just a moment. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't the Lord so gracious that we get to be a part of the good news? Isn't the Lord so generous that we get to invite people to church and invite people to our house and hang out with sinners? (laughs) Come on, if we don't know any people that get saved, how are we going to share the good news? I pray that today the Lord would allow people to come into your life that don't know Him. 
I pray today that the Lord would bring people in that you don't normally hang out with, but you understand the purpose, you know, you understand the point of you. You're like, Lord, I want to meet us to kiss. Lord, I want to be like you, Jesus. Lord, I want to bring you to the people around me. Come on, the Lord is good and the Lord is generous. But I want to give you an opportunity today because we've talked about Zacchaeus and if Jesus doesn't come through that day, then Zacchaeus doesn't come to meet him. But it says that when Zacchaeus met him, his whole life was turned around. His whole life. It's hard to believe in just one moment, years and years and years of building up sin and going an opposite way, but one moment with Jesus, as he spoke to him and he called him by name, his life was never the same. Maybe you need that today. Maybe you've had it. Maybe you've had it years ago, but you just walked away from God. See, the story of Zacchaeus is such a powerful one because you don't read about a salvation prayer, but you see the heart of repentance because to repent means to turn around. He turned around. How do we see it? He said it, and he did it. Half my possessions, four times what I've taken from anyone I've cheated, they get it. I have no money left. I found what my heart was looking for. I found Jesus. See, what if the people that we've written off and what if the people that we've missed is that they've just found their savior in the wrong things and they know it but they don't know what else is out there I watched a video this week and the people just asked one simple question have you heard the gospel before and young person after young person after young person says no idea what that is and then when you know what it led to next can I tell you the gospel and they said sure and one young person after another person went wow that's an incredible story I never heard it Come on, we have the best news in the world that turns any, a number of years around in a second. Because anybody who calls on the name of Jesus gets saved, sins forgiven, life turned around. So we're gonna pray. Do you need Jesus today? I'd love us to close your eyes just for a moment. And if you're a Christian, you just begin to pray because I wanna give an opportunity for anybody that doesn't know Jesus or just needs to get right with God. We're gonna pray about this today. Life is tough. Sometimes you're just trying to get through. Sometimes you're just trying to make it work. You know you're compromising, but you do it because you think there's no other way. But I want to say to you that the Bible is really clear that all of us need a Savior because all of us have sin. Doesn't matter how good you live. Doesn't matter how perfect you've been. All of us have got sin. There's no way out of that. Now the problem is, what are you going to do with that sin? And again, the Bible is very clear. If you would say yes to Jesus, if you would put your trust in Jesus, your sins would be forgiven. All that's been done before would be forgiven. And not only forgiven, but He would give you a brand new start. And He would walk with you. And His power would come upon you and your life would never be the same. I want to say while your eyes are closed and while we're praying, would you let me know, and here's all I'm going to ask, is that you would lift up your hand. And, and it won't be a magic hand lift, but what it will be is an indication to say, I want to follow Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm not right with Jesus. I need his forgiveness. And, and all I want to do is pray with you. And I'm going to pray at the front afterwards. And I'm going to pray that Jesus would come into your life and he would see your yes and he would hear your yes and your life would never be the same again. So is there anybody today that needs to say yes to Jesus? Come on, it's one of the best decisions you can make. If you'd like to receive them, then I want to ask you to raise your hand. And I just want to see for a moment, and then I want to pray. I want to say, look, you can put this off. You can say, I'm not good enough. I'll wait till I'm more ready. You will never be more ready 
Zacchaeus came the way he was. He was a terrible, greedy man. And he came just the way that he was. And Jesus changed him in a second. Do you think for a minute that Zacchaeus could have cleaned up his life first to come to Jesus? He knew he couldn't. He was too far gone. I wonder, would you come today, even though you may not have full understanding yet, even though you may not fully, but there's just something going on inside of you, you know, I need him because I'm not right with him. Come on, I'm going to pray, but is there anybody that needs that today? I'd love to pray with you.